Kiss FM. Supported by Highbury College. We are passionately pumping. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see a full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure's changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. It was a long and at times excruciating 47 days since the last win, but the Blues finally claimed maximum points again on Saturday and they did not hold back against the league leaders. Morell into the penalty area, good delivery, Marquez is header saved, Marquez scores! 4-0! No denying it's Marquez this time! Danny Cowley's side got back to winning ways at the weekend with an inspiring 4-0 victory at home to Sunderland and later this evening we'll be hearing from the Pompey boss who was smiling ear to ear after the full-time whistle. We played the conditions really well, showed some good game management and, and some good intelligence to, intelligence to get it right and uh, yeah, some good goals along the way as well. We've got an entire hour dedicated to reviewing Saturday's win and I've got two more Blues fans on the show tonight to help me all the way through until 7 o'clock. Here on 93.7 Express FM, your home of passionate Pompey discussion twice a week, every week. You guessed it, this is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the most positive Football Hour of the season yet. That's right, Pompey have finally returned to winning ways. And not only that, but for the first time since March 2020, I've got not one, but two guests joining me live in the studio tonight. I'll be introducing both of them very, very shortly. But it's not just those two we want to hear from between now and seven o'clock. As always, we're relying on you guys back home to have your say as well. Who was your man of the match at the weekend? Do you believe John Marquis will thrive off of scoring a brace against Sunderland and use the confidence boost to return to his old goal-scoring habits? And could Saturday's victory be the turning point in the Blues season? Get in touch. It's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. You can email pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or you can try to find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, though we do understand that Facebook is uh, going through a few difficulties this evening, but you can try and get in touch over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Now, we have waited a very long time for this moment. A win on Saturday for the first time since August the 17th. Here's Andy Mood and Paul Robinson to guide you through the events of that marvellous victory over the league leaders at Fratton Park. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Chilton scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scores! This is... Live. And here we go. As Harness forces a mistake early on. Tullicliffe to the right-hand side, to Romeo. Early cross into the middle, it'll bounce awkwardly. Harness picks it up in the box to Tullicliffe. Tullicliffe looking back for Harness. Sunderland are going to scramble it clear. They've got enough players there. As Droud comes down the left-hand side, moving into the penalty area, looking for Harness. Harness edge of the box, chance for a shot, deflects it in the net! And Portsmouth take the lead! Marcus Harness from the edge of the penalty area, strokes it into the bottom corner target for the second Saturday running it's Portsmouth 1, Sunderland nil. As Sunderland pick it up and drive forward and this is dangerous into the penalty area, Freeman's wrong side of his man and Raggett's covering challenge was fantastic but the referee says there was a shirt pull outside the penalty area so we'll go back for the free kick just left of centre. Lee Brown taking the draft excluder role if it's good enough for Messi <laughs> Lee Brown happy to, to partake. <laughs> well this is a moment of danger and Winchester has stood over it. It's surely going to be his right-footed strike. Big moment coming up. Winchester strikes it well over the bar. Azunu stuck his hand in the air and just waved it past. And Pompey win it back and Harness will come in from the left-hand side. Everyone stop for a minute towards Marquis. Chance goal! Second for Portsmouth! It's Lee Brown, I think, who's put it in the net, but it is a wonderful move down 
left-hand side. Lee Brown with his right foot. Who would have expected that? And Portsmouth play the type of football that Danny Cowley has been craving for since he arrived. And they breach Sunderland's defence. Pompey 2, Sunderland 0. In the ball to come to the penalty area. Portsmouth trying to create a late chance. Curtis to deliver. Whipped in low towards the near post. Deflected it in! John Marquis! Marquis gets a toe to the ball and forces it into the far corner. And the perfect first half performance from Portsmouth is complete. John Marquis scores. Portsmouth 3, Sunderland 0. Romeo coming down that right-hand side. Needs to think about a cross comes in as he's hit the very wet area now and the ball won't roll. So he goes back to Tunnicliffe, who fires one to try and get Romeo in and the ball holds up and Romeo stands it up to the far post. Curtis trying to get onto it. He will, but he's running away from goal. And then it hits a puddle and he can't keep it under control. Morel into the penalty area. Good delivery. Marquis's header saved. Marquis scores! 4-0. No denying it's Marquis this time. His first header was saved, he had a tap-in from a yard out. The conditions might be bordering on farcical. Portsmouth just need to get 90 minutes played and they'll win. Pompey 4, Sunderland 0. Harness is chasing, but Sunderland will pick it up and they will keep possession. And Winchester didn't want to go back to halfway. He didn't trust a pass going in that direction. Helps it forward and it falls kindly at the feet of Williams. And suddenly there's a lot of blue shirts coming forward. Can Pompey stay onside? Harness has. He's thrown goal. He plays it to Tunnicliffe. Great chance for five. Tunnicliffe, oh, he tried to chip the goalkeeper. Hoffman reads it perfectly and gets a left hand to it and stops it. And it's still just four down. And there's the final whistle at Fratton Park. A huge roar goes round the stadium because Portsmouth have not only won, they have hammered the side top of the table with just one defeat to their name so far this season. In treacherous and terrible conditions, Pompey have just adapted so much better and they've beaten Sunderland by four goals today. Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM, Pompey Live. That was how it all unfolded here on Pompey Live at the weekend as the Blues cruised to a 4-1 win, uh, 4-0 win, in fact, over the Black Cats at PO4. Let's take a look at the other results from match day number 11 then. Wimbledon and Burton shared the points with a one-all draw at Plough Lane. Ipswich, off the back of a 6-0 win, were defeated again, 2-1 away to Accrington Stanley. Bolton beat Shrewsbury by two goals to one. Rotherham 2-0 winners at Cheltenham. Elsewhere, it finished Crewe Alexandra 2, Cambridge 2, Doncaster 2, MK Dons 1. Charlton were 2-1 winners at Fleetwood. Wigan also victorious on the road 2-0 at Gilligan. Lincoln and Plymouth played out a two-all draw at Sinsel Bank. Oxford stunned Sheffield Wednesday with a 2-1 away win and the highest scoring game of the day saw Wickham defeat Morecambe by four goals to three. So after all of that, Wigan overtake uh, Sunderland at the top of the table with the Mackhams dropping down to second. They're both level on 22 points as things stand. Plymouth, Rotherham, Wickham and MK Dons make up the rest of the top six. Pompey move up to 11th and at the bottom, Charlton, Crewe, Shrewsbury and Doncaster occupy the relegation zone. OK, let's welcome in my two guests for tonight then. And I'm absolutely thrilled to say that sat just across from me right now for the first time since January the 31st, 2020. It is the man, the myth, the legend that is Mr Eric Colborne. Eric, it is a pleasure to have you back on. So good to see you. It's great to be back here, Jake. Really delighted to be back. And obviously after Saturday, it couldn't be better, could it? No, it, it really couldn't. Such a, a fantastic performance and a, and a great result to talk about this evening. And, uh, and seeing as Pompey did record a 4-0 a victory at the weekend, and we are here tonight to review that game, it would be rude not to. And before I welcome him back, <laughs> I'd just like to say that a certain Liam Howe's got it spot on on Saturday. He knew exactly what was coming ahead of kickoff, uh, before kickoff, right here on Pompey Live after the run that Pompey have been on without a win since the 17th of August eight consecutive matches in all competitions without a victory you're going up against the league leader Sunderland who have just come off the back of a 5-0 win against Cheltenham and are unbeaten in six it's got 4-0 written all over it isn't it it's got 4-0 written all over it Tom Chappell from YouTube 
uh, vlog 4 0 written all over it is back on the show this evening. Tom, you of all people must be absolutely buzzing off the back of that result. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? And uh, we were chatting on the way in that I, thought, I think it's Northampton and then before that there, there is quite a long time that you have to go back for Pompey's results to, to see another 4-0 and, and what style to do it in than against the, the, the league leaders at the time, Sunderland and at Fratton Park in the conditions and, and as you just said there, it, it was meant to be after, after the run they'd been on, after the run we'd been on. Absolutely fantastic, Jake. Mm. And a, a big win, Eric, off the back of eight games without a victory in all competitions. August the 17th, the last time Pompey tasted victory. We went through the entire September without securing maximum points. So you kind of feel that Saturday, all of that pent-up sort of anger and aggression from the Pompey team was let out all at one go, and we hammered Sunderland. Yes, I mean, it was a it was an excellent performance all round. Um, so many great performances on the day um, I mean you, you, wherever you look there was a there, there was an excellent performance um, it, you know you can't pick anybody out, I don't think I mean I, I thought they they all played their part in in what was a you know a great win. I mean uh, yeah, before the game, anybody said you know you're gonna, you're going to beat Sunderland four nil. I mean uh, you know you'd been taken away, wouldn't you? It's as simple as that. But uh, no, phenomenal, great performances all round. Um, and I suppose it, it comes off the back of. Uh, uh, of games where you know someone goes, we should have won, and we haven't. Um, you know, we've missed chances um, and, and poor defending has cost us games. And um, it was great on Saturday to have a great defensive display and a great attacking display, and and which is obviously what Danny's you know trying to trying to get um, every week but um, it does take time um, he's building a, a building a side here as you can see and um, yeah it was fantastic I, I, I love some of the football in some very difficult conditions yeah and, and quite rightfully as Eric pointed out there Tom from player 1 to 11 the subs off the bench there, you, you can't really pick out not that you want to but you couldn't really pick out anyone that had a bad game on Saturday it was just an all round great team performance it was and as you say you can't pick anyone out and say oh they had a bad game because we were all playing for each other and I think it's a it, it comes off the back of some really sort of it was a shocking performance against Burton wasn't it but before that I felt like Charlton Plymouth and to an extent the Cambridge game probably merited more points than we actually got from those. I think there's a, a, a good shout for at least two of those games to, to have swung in our favour for all three of the points. So I'm just delighted that, that the performance has, has matched the result that we were after and the result matches the performance. And, and hopefully long may that continue because I think, I know we don't want to speak too soon and we don't want to get carried away at all in, in no way, shape or form, but I think that Danny Cowley has now found that formula. If we can do it, Forget the conditions. If we can do it against one of the top sides in the division at the time and, and still one of the top sides in the division, then we can do it to absolutely anyone and we could be in for a, a really exciting rest of the season now. And you're not the only one really pleased with Saturday's result, Tom. Stephen Jerome on the emails. Hi, guys. I was a little optimistic before the game kicked off on Saturday, but nothing could have prepared me for that shock result. It was a fantastic performance from the, la from the lads, and uh, we ripped up the form book and completely blew them away in the first half. That's typical Pompey fashion, isn't it? After a barren run of form, we then go and put four past the league leaders. It just goes to show that anyone can beat any anyone in this league. The game did become a little farcical at times in the second half due to the atrocious weather conditions and it looked like some Sunderland players were trying to get the game stopped but thankfully the ref was having none of it and let the match play on to its conclusion. Uh, it would have taken a very brave referee to abandon that game with a score at 3-0. Could you imagine the outcry from the fans? Suddenly I feel the international break has uh, come at the wrong time for us now with the next Saturday's game against Cheltenham being postponed. After a result like that, you just want to keep the momentum going, says Steve in Southsea on the emails. And yeah, let's talk about those adverse weather conditions, Eric. Horrendous, wasn't it? Yes, although certainly not the worst conditions we've seen at Fratton Park where games have been played um, in, in the past. Uh, I remember <laughs> obviously the um, uh, the Leicester game, a famous game that we, I think we lost 2-0 that day, um, where the, the pitch was in a worse condition than it was uh, on Saturday. But uh, yeah, they, they were bad conditions. There's no, um, there's, there's no getting away from that. But it was the same for both sides. And um, I was just delighted that we had... Had that strength to to get out there and 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 
you know, get out there and, and really perform. Um, and not, you know, obviously we played the conditions well, but um, there was, as I said, specifically in that first half, there was some great football. Some great football. You know, the, the three goals were, were excellent goals. Um, and, and, you know, Obviously, we took our chances, which is probably what we haven't done in the, you know, in previous games. Needless to say, but it was great that we, you know, at three nil, in the second half, we didn't sort of batten down the hatches and, and stop. You know, we we continued on, and then obviously we got the fourth, and we could have had a fifth. You know, that's what that's what we want to see, isn't yeah. it? That's that's what everybody wants to see: yeah. exciting, you know, attacking football against. You know, a very good side. Let's be fair about it. They, they're you no know, mugs. Obviously, yeah. they're top. They were top of the league for goodness' sakes. They got some great players, and I, I was. I really thought we 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 stepped up to the mark on on Saturday. Obviously, you know the proof of the pudding is we've got to keep doing that now. But um, I, I'm delighted for Danny because I think he's been working ever so hard to yeah. try and get. You get things right and on Saturday obviously it clicked and we're not going to talk about the weather too much Tom because quite frankly it was a fantastic performance from Pompey and like Eric said it, it was the same conditions for both sides it was not an uneven game by any stretch of your imagination but Got, want to give full credit to, to Lee Johnson actually, the Sunderland boss, because in his post-match interview, if, if you've heard it, if you haven't search it up on YouTube, the Sunderland YouTube page I assumed wrongly that Lee Johnson would use that as an excuse, um, but actually no, he, he praised Pompey um, for adapting well to the conditions and, and, and admitted that his side didn't, and and he's quite right because Pompey played to the weather and Sunderland just weren't at the races. Yeah, and I don't think you can blame the weather when you're top of the league and, and you're you're playing a side that have struggled at the start of the season, and I think he appreciates that, and, you know, football's a game of emotions, isn't it? And he was in the ear of the fourth official, and, and everyone at Fratton Park saw that, including the away fans, and, and there were a few sort of ripples of chants from, from where we were sat. We could hear the Sunderland fans chanting, call it off. Um, that didn't come until they were 3-0 down, but you said to me before we went on air, that the Sunderland boss was in the, the fourth official's ear from, from minute one saying that the, the conditions weren't playable. Um, we're saying, we don't want to talk about the weather too much, but it was only in those four corners. I mean, the centre of the park, the ball was flying along like it normally would on any other day in any other conditions. Um, and, and as Eric quite rightly said, do, do, do you remember going to Oldham quite a few years ago and, and the conditions that we were playing in there and, and, and Wickham as well when, when the, uh, the tunnel was completely full to the oh. brim of water? That, that one was called off. But, you know, and, and we've played in, in worse, I feel, only a couple worse that you can think of, but we have, we have played in much worse. So, and, and as you say, full credit to Lee Johnson. I think he's a, a fantastic manager and, and he's, he's proved that in terms of his reaction to, to, to it and he was completely honest and it. it's the sort of the characteristics that we see in Danny Cowley. He's honest about a result and he, he tells you what's gone wrong and he, he was completely frank in that post-match interview and, and fair play to him because I think he, he said all the right things and, and it was interesting that Sunderland fans weren't slating their manager off the back of a poor result and I think they feel that that is probably a blip and, and I think for them the conditions probably contributed quite a lot to it and, and when it is like that then one team is going to adapt better than the other and, and just sort of take the game by the horns and run with it and, and that was us um, Saturday and, and, and that shouldn't mean that we don't get credit for it either because we were absolutely superb as you, as you both said but yeah no full credit to, to Lee Johnson I, I think that was um, that was really honourable of him to, to come out and speak like that after the game yeah okay hold on to those thoughts Tom because it's time now for a very quick break but when we return we'll hear the post-match reaction of Danny Cowley who was proud to see his side react well to Tuesday's night defeat at Burton Albion you know, we put a lot of work in since since 9:30 on Tuesday evening towards this game, and, I, and yeah, I'm pleased for the players because um, we saw the performance that we knew that they were capable of. We saw the, the, the work ethic, the, the fight in the group. We know that we've got some really good players technically. Keep getting those texts, tweets and emails in, Pompey fans. Let us know all of your post-match thoughts and uh, reaction from Saturday's 4-0 victory over the Mackhams at Fratton Park. Text Express and your message to 81400. Email Pompey at expressfm.com. Facebook is down, so you can't get in touch on that, but you can tweet us on Twitter using at expressfm. Stick around for more reaction to the weekend's action and join the three of us again in just a few moments' time when the Football Hour returns here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour, 93.7.
Express FM. Welcome back tonight to the Football Hour here on Violi Radio Station. Proud to be passionately Pompey Express FM. This evening, I'm lucky enough to be in the company of both Eric Colborne and Tom Chappell, who are on hand to help react to Saturday's incredible victory at home to Sunderland. But we also want you back home to get in touch with the conversation this evening between now and 7 o'clock. All the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com. Kate uh, Motter's head on the email says, a fantastic game despite the wet weather. I think Marlon Romeo is looking better and better each game. Play out Pompey. Uh, Kate on the emails. And uh, Mike T. Hi, Jake Way. I was right to have uh, said in a recent text to you that attack is the best form of defence and that Pompey needed to be more clinical up top. The Blues gave everything on Saturday and more in conditions which equated to a swimming pool left Sunderland just treading water. This was Pompey's best win in years, says player uh, Mike T and Crispy Bacon Sarni Salsi. Thank you for getting in touch tonight, Mike T on the text. And yeah, a big shout out's got to go to John Marquis as well, Eric, because he's had a, a difficult start to the season. Um, we all know the, the potential and the ability that John Marquis has got. Probably didn't set the league alight last season. Still managed to bag 18 goals in all competitions. Mm. We know about his you know, his goal-scoring record at Doncaster Rovers in previous campaigns. Difficult start to the season this year, but you know, two goals on Saturday. Hopefully that's the kind of confidence boost that he needs to, to kick on and start scoring again. Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, sometimes I think also when you're in a drought, you, as a, as a, as a forward, you... You try too hard, um, you know. You're, you, you, he puts in a lot of work, a lot of work, and um, uh, sometimes, you know, your goal scorers. Uh, you think about, you know, in other clubs, they don't put so much work in, but they're there just to sort of knock the ball in. But um, no, he 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 really puts himself about and um, it works extremely hard for the side and I must say I was delighted that he managed to um, to bag two on on Saturday um, it, it'll boost his confidence and um, I, I, he does tend to be one of those sort of players a confidence player that once he starts putting the ball in the net then um, he keeps going and let's hope that's that's the way now and it doesn't matter how they go in Tom it's just that they do go in and, and like Eric said there you know, for a player like John Marquis to be on such a goal drought to score two goals at the weekend, you know, both actually decent goals as well. You know, his first goal, which was Pompey's third, it was a cheeky little flick from a Ronan Curtis free kick, and the second goal, which was in the second half, um, an initial header from a Joe Morrell chipped ball into the box. He beat the offside trap and reacted very well to the parried save from the Sunderland keeper. So, yeah, you know, th this is hopefully the, the, the kickstart to, to John Marquis's season. It is, and, and um, what, what's important to, to remember, I think, is, is that something that Danny Cowley says over and over again is that John Marquis is our first line of defence and he, he's out there conducting the high press um, so, so that we can, we can operate as a team. And, and perhaps uh, this might sound a little bit cynical, but if we were at Charlton and, and he hadn't scored the first one, that second one, probably the keeper gets to it and John Marquis is slower to react. But I think now, and, and as strikers uh, across, the, across the country and across the world do in, in, in this football game, is that you, you play off the confidence that, that your goals bring you. And, and I think the, the whole team will benefit from Johnny Marquis finding his scoring boots again. And, and to get two in, in a game against Sunderland in League One is absolutely superb for him, you know, put everything else aside. I think it's been something that we've been really waiting for, for John Marquis to, to turn on. And, and luckily has, it, it was a big occasion that he rose to. Um, obviously, the, the, there's people that, and, and myself included, I've said that, you know, he's, Perhaps he's even gone to to cost us games in in the last couple of weeks in terms of him not being able to to convert when he when he's faced with a, a goal scoring opportunity. But but now he has. I think that is only going to be a positive thing for him and for this football team. And and, and long may it continue that John Marquis is is banging them in. And not just two goals, Eric, but also an assist for John Marquis on Saturday. Pompey's second goal uh, rounded off a, a nice little bit of teamwork uh, in the box. Marcus, uh, John Marquis with a, a nice little flick on, and Lee Brown was there to slot the ball home. Lee Brown, Pompey's top goal scorer this season. But uh, <laughs> no, two goals and an, an assist for John Marquis. And you know, all of the goals, really, you know, we speak about the weather conditions and how Sunderland might have their complaints, but I don't think you can really look back at any goal and think that any of them had kind of any bearing on the weather they were all decent goals yes um i mean you can't you can't say that uh, sorry the, the first three goals 
uh, really had anything to do with the, the weather at all. I mean, they were all built um, up, uh, nice moves. Um, the first one, obviously, Harkness's strike. Um, that's great. I mean, I, I really was pleased with that because I, I, I like to see the, uh, I say that your forwards of your midfield players, having a shot in that situation because what you don't want to see him is is passing that chance you know just off if you know what I mean to somebody else I mean he could have passed it but he had that room in the centre got that yard and he's He's, you know, he's he's done what we want him to do. He, you know, he's taken the the shot, um, and you know, all power to him. It, it, that's what we need. That's exactly what you need yeah. because you must make certain that you test the goalkeeper, specifically in those type of conditions. Yeah, you know, where where it, you know, is a, a day where <laughs> it's a difficult day for a goalkeeper there, certainly. But um, no, he's he's here and, and given the goalkeeper no chance. And I know we've kind of worked backwards with the goals tonight, uh, Tom, but you know, as Eric's alluded to there, Marcus Harness with the opener on the 19th minute. Again, an- another another strike which rounded off a, a really nice team new, uh, team move for Pompey. Marcus Harness, he received the ball inside the box, took a touch, done well to keep the ball in his possession, uh, arrowed it low and hard into the bottom left corner of, uh, of, the, of the goalkeeper's net. Took a slight deflection, yes, but Marcus Harness... A great performance from him, and, and that is the kind of player that Pompey know they've got on their hands. Yeah, and and he's a, a one name in a list of of really talented boys that we've got now, and 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 it's something that we can we can start to get really excited about when when we're starting to win games. And Harness for me has been one of our players of the season so far. Um, I, I just think he's he's excellent, and and as we've already mentioned, there, there is a, a long list of man of the match candidates. I think Harness is definitely in the the sort of the the upper. The, the upper part of that list uh, in terms of his performance because I think he was absolutely superb he was brilliant against Charlton as well um, and yeah he, he he does an awful lot that goes unnoticed and, and you know Mark Quist it's, it's overtly obvious isn't it that he is there to score goals but Harness has operated in such a variety of roles already so far this season he's literally in an attacking sense he's played absolutely everywhere almost on the pitch for, for Danny Cowley in, in the various different sort of setups that he's tried and tested and particularly when, when times are getting a little bit tough and we, we went on that seven game run where we weren't quite getting the results that we probably deserved through the performances Harness was still a stalwart and he was still making things happen and, and what a way to, to celebrate 100 appearances in yeah. a Pompey shirt with, with, a, with the opening uh, opening goal sorry, against Sunderland on Saturday Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned it Tom uh, we do send our congratulations to Marcus Harness for securing his 100th lose appearance at the weekend like you say what a great way uh, to round that off for Marcus Harness OK, then let's hear now from the Blues head coach, Danny Cowley. He spoke to Ollie Marsh from the Pompey Media team following the full-time whistle at the weekend. Uh, a really important win for us, obviously after a difficult run and, and most importantly, a yeah, really good performance in what was difficult conditions. I thought we, um, we played the conditions really well, showed some good game management and, and some good intelligence, uh, intelligence to get it right and, uh, yeah, some good goals along the way as well. Yeah, obviously a lot of people talking about the conditions. What can you do and say as a manager to make sure you're making the most of it? Well, we anticipated the, the, the weather conditions. We knew, knew probably Thursday that there were storms due. Um, and, yeah, you have to try to get your tactics right. And, and obviously the, um, the, the start of the game was fine, probably for the first 30 minutes. We, we were able to really get on the front foot. I thought we played in their half. Um, I thought we played with much more purpose. Um, and that allowed us to really get into to our pressing. And I think you saw team in Sunderland who are obviously in really good form who come and try to play and we were able to, to yeah, get a good intensity and energy at the top end of the pitch, get some turnovers um, and, and that allowed us to, to, to grow into the game and then and then yeah we managed to score some, some, some good goals and take our chances today and probably that has been uh, the, the major difference from, from today in comparison to previous weeks that, that we were able to take our chances when they come. Fantastic to see John Marquis back amongst the goals. He said he was born to score and he proved that today. Yeah, absolutely. Two goals for John and, you know, just incredible level of work at the front end of the pitch. Um, I could see that the Fratton Park faithful really um, really appreciated his, his running and his work ethic. And uh, I was just pleased that he got the rewards for, for all the hard work he puts in for the team because, you know, most number nines are selfish, but John is, is selfless and, and really team orientated. And a word on Marcus Harness as well, a fantastic way to celebrate his 100th appearance. 
Yeah, yeah, really good performance for, for Marcus um, and, a, and a really good goal as well. Um, involved in all of our best attacking moves. And uh, yeah, uh, at home, because the pitch is tight here and quite narrow, I quite like him in, in the inside position. I think that, that, um, that we're able to maybe find him a little bit more space in that position. So, so, so now that was a positive. And you've been using words like energy and intensity in your interviews. You must have been really happy with those levels out there today. Well, I was just pleased with our response. You know, it's been a, it's been a hard week. Um, we let ourselves down on Tuesday night. Worse still, we let the people of Portsmouth down. And um, after what had been two good performances, really, against Plymouth and, and against Charlton, I mean, a lot of our, a lot of the, you know, the, our play at Charlton was excellent and, and certainly deserved a win. We didn't get that, and then Tuesday we didn't perform. And then, um, yeah, we, have to, we had to live with that. And uh, you can't affect what's happened, but you can control what is coming. And uh, you know, we put a lot of work in since since 9:30 on Tuesday evening towards this game. And, uh, and yeah, I'm pleased for the players because um, we saw the performance that we knew that they were capable of. Um, we saw the, the the work ethic, the the fight in the group. We know that we've got some really good players technically, um, but there was question marks, rightly so, over our over our. Um, Maybe our physicality, our ability to win duels, our, our fight, um, and we showed that we, we have that within the group. Now, the the aim for us moving forward is to use this as a catalyst and and to try to combine you know the technical quality that we have in the group with with those fighting qualities. And if we can put it, put them together, then I, I think we can we can can have some success here. And looking forward, what's your view on the Cheltenham postponement? I'm sure it, it gives you more time on the training ground, but at the same time, you would have liked to, to get that game played. Yeah, yeah, no, we always want to play. So we're disappointed that, that the game is off. Um, for us to have three key players on, on international duty and also with the injuries that we've got, um, it made sense, really. And sometimes you just have to try to make take a pragmatic view and you know that you're going to... Be disappointing the players and the supporters by calling the game off, but there's sometimes you have to look at the bigger picture. And for us, um, it was probably the right thing to do at this time. There you go, then. That was Danny Cowley with his reaction to Pompey's 4 0 win over Sunderland on Saturday afternoon. And uh, just kind of referencing something that was mentioned at the end of that interview, Eric, and you know, Danny Cowley disappointed with Saturday's home fixture with Cheltenham Town being called off due to the international call-ups within the Blues squad. But, you know, obviously it was Danny Cowley's kind of end decision to, to call that game off. Mm. But you kind of don't want to go into that game losing the likes of Gavin Bazunu, Joe Morrell, who's been at the top of his game uh, over the last couple of weeks. We'll come mm. on and talk about him in a moment. Miguel Aziz as well. So as much as it's disappointing not to continue with the momentum from Saturday, but it's hard when you've got so many players missing. Oh, absolutely. And and the injuries we've got as well. So you, you've got to think that... Uh, It'll give. I think it'll give Danny time as well. Um, I know that you want to play, but um, it does give us time on the pitch, uh, on the practice pitch, to um, to, to look at uh, you know where we're going and what we're doing here, um, because that is the most important part: is that preparation, getting on the on on the pitch, and and look, you know, looking at all sorts of different things um, you know particularly I mean I, I know these days everybody works on set pieces but you know very hard quite understandably because so many goals come from set pieces and it's um, it's that preparation that, that you need so I think Danny will be using that time with the players he's got left to um, to really work on things and um, you know make the most of it uh, and then obviously you give, you're giving your players who are injured some time to to recover so when they come back hopefully we've got you know a, a much fuller squad to pick from and um you know you know they're they're up and fit and ready to go for for the games going forward i bother them in a fortnight's time yeah uh, dave Byrne on the email says good evening jake good evening to the lads as well i'm sure we would have complained if we'd lost a match in those conditions but it was uh, the same for both sides and i've certainly seen games played in worse weather there's still a lot of decent football played and to be honest it could have been five or six not just before a really useful three points and an important swing on the goal 
goal difference to onward and upward hopefully uh, says Dave Liss on the emails and uh, just want to quickly mention Gavin Bazzuni before we head into our next uh, ad break Tom didn't really have a lot to do on Saturday in terms of you know, shot stopping and, and, and saving Sunderland chances because let's be honest they didn't have many but in terms of you know set pieces corners and three kick routines he met all of them with with complete ease and so although we, we can't really sit here and praise Gavin Bazunu too much for his shot stopping still very comfortable when, when gathering the ball still extremely comfortable and I think we were listening to the highlights at the top of the show and, and the only real thing that I remember Andy Moon describing to us was the fact that Bazunu just stuck his hand up in the air and watched it glide over the top of the crossbar so that that's a testament to, to the boys in front of him and, and Eric was just saying there that, that it gives us time to, to bring the injuries back now we've got this break but I think for me it's a positive thing that, that we've, we have got this period of time where we can get on the training pitch and work things out and for me it's a week closer to Clark Robertson being back involved for Pompey which is you know it's, it's one of the most important things because that's where we have struggled is our, our defensive mindedness but that didn't seem to be an issue on, on Saturday and, and as you say Gavin Bazzuni didn't have an awful lot to do but it, keepers need to have those quiet games and, and, and they're going to and, and hopefully Gavin's going to have more quiet games than busy games for for the rest of the season for us in in between the sticks and and you know it, it's it's sort of we're playing as a team aren't we and we, we don't need the performance to include a fantastic acrobatic save from Gavin Bazzuni to to still be a, a brilliant result for us and and you know he's what will happen from my point of view with Gavin Bazzuni is that even though the the periods of time are quiet when he is required and and when his service will be needed by Pompey he will be there like he's been saving shots all afternoon, even though he's only had one or two to get his hands on. He's that sort of keeper with his professionalism and his conduct, even though he's only 19 years of age. I, th I think we've got a, a really good keeper there. And, and we said it a, a couple of weeks ago and, and a lot of um, a lot of talk before the Charlton game, actually, was that, you know, two of two of our most recent keepers in Gavin Bazzuno and, and Craig McGilvery were playing. But, you know, we were worried that Craig McGilvery was off and, and we weren't going to find a, a, a replacement for him. Well, I think we've we've got that and more in Gavin Bazuna and I'm just really sort of you, you know when you just feel comfortable when your keeper's on the ball and you're not concerned about it going in the back of the net and, and I know that's a terrible thing to say it, when he's on the ball because it'll completely jinx it but when you've got that sort of reassurance that he's calm and composed and he knows what he's doing I mean that that is just superb for a, a side that's that's trying to get out of this league this season Yeah. Okay Tom thank you we've just flown past 20 to 7 time is absolutely flying by tonight so we're going to head off into our second and final ad break of the evening. Don't forget to get your messages into the paddle. You have just under 20 minutes remaining to do so. Text Express followed by your name and message to 81400. Email Pompey at expressfm.com or you can tweet using at expressfm. I'll be back with Eric and Tom shortly for the final part of the show. Stick with us and don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Hello and welcome back for the very last time this evening to the Football Hour, where I'm joined until seven o'clock by Eric Colborn and Tom Chappell. We're going to round up our, uh, our talk about Saturday's emphatic 4-0 victory over Sunderland at Fountain Park. And I just want to mention as well, we've already spoke about Tom. You know, it was a great all-round performance from you know every single man on Saturday, but Sean Raggett deserved the, deservedly man of the match. Mm -hmm. And he, He's come on leaps and bounds this season under Danny and Nicky Cowley, and I can't say I'm too surprised about that. No, I'm not. And and when you think of the the sort of the the time that they spent together at Lincoln City in in um, previous times, uh, before they they came to Pompey, respectively, the the management and the player is you know it's evident that that they've got that working partnership and and you know we're we're completely thriving off of that at the moment, which is excellent. Uh, yes, yeah, Sean Raggett, you know. <sighs> It gets a lot of stick, doesn't he, for his, his sort of appearance of his play and, and his general kind of um, footballing, whatever his football looks like. But I think what's important to remember is the stuff that he does and, and the things that he does. And he is so 
brilliantly defensive-minded and he's got so much composure. Nothing's ever too much for Sean Raggett. He's one of the hardest players we've had for a long time. And, and if you think back, we've had some really hard ones over the years. But, you know, he, he loses a tooth. He, you know, he's got broken nose, whatever. It, it's Sean Raggett at the end of the day. And there, there was a, a chant about him on uh, at Charlton on, on Saturday that, that some of the boys sitting around me were singing. And, and I think that's just a testament to him that Pompey fans absolutely love him. And as long as his brilliant defensive form continues and, and progresses in the way that, that we've seen it. And you're absolutely right. I mean, he's he's come on leaps and bounds since since last season under sort of the, the, the start of it under Kenny and, and then as, as Danny and Nicky came in, you know, he's he's really playing with, with a, a sense of positivity and perhaps that's sort of something he was missing and something that, that Danny's come along and, and instilled back into him as sort of taken him back under his wing, as it were. And, and um, you know, he's, he's our, he's our centre-half, isn't he, Sean Raggett? We love him. We do indeed. And, you know, like, like Tom's saying there, Eric, Sean Raggett, no matter what kind of form he's in, he is the kind of player who will put his entire body on the line to, to try and perform well for the team. And, and he does that week in, week out. And you can never, ever doubt his commitment, can you? Oh, absolutely not. I thought he was phenomenal on Saturday. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he was winning everything. Cutting out the danger. Uh, it's so important. Um, it, I, I, I think he's been really really good this season I'm, I'm so impressed um, he's work great he's exactly what we want you know a player that will is wholehearted gets gets in there I, I, I think that the it's always a business about um, intensity uh, in the game and and, and you know, moving the ball and, and concentration and, and you know, he's really stepped up to the mark this season. Really stepped up to the mark. Sunderland forwards on on Saturday were they weren't winning anything. You know, it was it was amazing, really. You know, a team that's top of the league and uh, scoring for fun as well were nullified nine completely. And, and you've got to say that you know, Sean was phenomenal on Saturday. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, a tweet in from uh, Mockers who says, uh, Good to see John Marquis end his goal drought on the wettest day uh, we'll probably play on this season. And I think the real reason that Pompey have postponed Saturday's game is that Racatino is set to win his first England cap against Hungary. Uh, Mockers on Twitter there, thank you for getting in touch. Uh, Stefan Mislitsky, I think the most important John Marquis goal was for one he didn't try to force a shot but tapped it back uh, to a wide open Lee Brown. Really got him going. By the way, I saw more rain watching the game at Fratton Park than we've had for nine months here in California. No need to rub it in, Stefan. No need to rub it in. Uh, Linda Mail on the email as well. What a very welcome surprise Saturday was. Did not expect that. Our players really put in a shift. Instead of complaining, they just got on with it. Yes, there was a lot of water on the pitch, but it was the same for both sides. I was at Leicester game and I thought the pitch was worse and we didn't adapt to it like Leicester did. I applaud the referee who didn't give it uh, to the Sunderland players and management constantly in his ear to have the game called off when they were losing. They only started to play in the second half when they realised he was not going to. The only downside was the fifth booking to Curtis, who uh, does play on the edge. I wonder how many Sunderland supporters would have moaned if it was postponed just before the game. Well done to the Pompey team for your fighting spirit to play in the conditions and send the supporters home wet but happy. And hopefully this will also give John Mark was a lift. Thank you, as ever, to Linda Mail on the emails for getting in touch this evening. Again, quite rightfully pointed out by Linda there, Tom, is that Ronan Curtis, he got that fifth book in on, on Saturday, which means he misses the next league game, which is at home, uh, away sorry, to Rotherham United on the 16th. It was a tall order to try and get that 11-game uh, stretch without Ronan Curtis getting that book in, but it is a shame to see. It is a, a massive shame to see. Um, I think you know he, he went, he got through Charlton, didn't he? And then you know we, we, it is a shame. And and at that time, I mean, I don't think an awful lot of people in the stands, particularly sat around where we were at the time, really realised the the sort of the the cost that the, or the blow that that had caused. But you could see on the touchline there was one man that knew exactly what had happened, and that was Danny Cowley. His head went down into his hands, and and he was gutted because Rotherham's a, a really really difficult one especially away from home 
we haven't got a fantastic record there in in recent memory um and yeah they're having a really good season so far and you know they come off off the back of um of beating Cheltenham which is strangely the one that would have been would, we would have played next weekend which is um strange to think about isn't it but yeah they they're a really top side and, and a certain Michael Smith is banging in goals for for Rotherham for fun at the moment as well who we'll all recall uh, wasn't particularly prolific for Pompey but um yeah no Rotherham's a tough one and and I'm gutted that Ronan Curtis won't be involved because he is one of our brightest attacking sparks of which we have many bright attacking sparks but he is one of them definitely it was a shame as well Tom because you know it was needless yellow card 92nd minute you're 4-0 up the ball's going out of play for a throw in doesn't need to be making that kind of challenge in my area but like you say it was a tall order to go that many games without picking up a yellow card anyway it's happened now get it over and done with and he's fresh again after the Rotherham game and playing against Rotherham off the back of a win over Cheltenham the last time we played a side who, who just beaten Cheltenham was Sunderland <laughs> and we thrashed them 4-0 so hopefully that'll be a good omen going into the game at the New York Stadium uh, a week on Saturday and uh, just finally talking about Saturday's game it's a you know, two week break now Eric until the next league match we've got Sutton at home in the trophy next Tuesday but not to get too ahead of ourselves it was a great performance on Saturday there's a long way still to go and we've been really highlighting the fact in, in recent weeks that you know, despite these poor results it is early days and, and that doesn't change just because of one good result but you can't help but feel if you can beat a Sunderland team as good as they are you've got that confidence to know that you can beat anyone in, in this division Yes, it's about consistency. Uh, that's what it's all about. It's about going out every game with the same you know, commitment and, and determination and drive uh, that, um, that that we did on Saturday. Uh, and that's what Danny's obviously trying to in, instil in the troops. I, I think you've got to <laughs> you've got to be realistic. Um, I think I'm right in saying six of the side on Saturday uh, are new players. Uh, um, and it does take time to sort of you know, blend in and, uh, and and work out the best uh, you know, systems uh, and, and ways and strengths and weaknesses of your side. Uh, and, and it will take a little bit of time to do that. I mean, I, I, I think we said at the beginning of the season, the longer the season goes on, the better I, I think we'll become and the, the stronger we'll become. Uh, I didn't um, obviously, um, as I say, expect... Well, I didn't expect us to win our first was it three games, and then you know, obviously um, to beat Sunderland four nil is was beyond belief, really. Um, so yeah, there's positives and there's negatives so far with a new team. That's always going to be the way. Danny's got to have time to build the side. And I can't believe, Tom, we've gone 53 minutes into the show without mentioning the midfield maestro that is Joe Morrell. Mm. Um, I think he had a, probably a, a difficult start to life at Fratton Park, but he's really grown into the side now. He has, and, and he had a really good game, albeit a, a poor result for us as a team. But against Burton, I thought he, he was one of the standout men for us. Him and, and Ryan Tunnicliffe, and, and we actually mentioned it last time I was on the Football Hour, that you, you were a little bit concerned yourself, and we chatted about it, that perhaps Morel and Tunnicliffe were, were two completely different players and that they were sort of having to play around each other rather than sort of being in their own positions. But I think whatever Danny said to them or whatever they've done together as a partnership on the training pitch has really worked and, and we're seeing that in abundance now is they are our next two midfield pairing and, and they completely conducted conducted sorry that on Saturday and you know there, there was very little if if anything for Sunderland in, in the midfield of the park and you know running Tun Ryan Tunnicliffe came really close didn't he and, and it could have been five and as you said it could have been five or six on Saturday but yeah Joe, Joe Morrell's excellent and I think it's it's a good decision that that we do don't play, should I say, against um, against Charlton on Saturday? Uh, sorry, against Cheltenham on Saturday because um, you know Joe Morrell will be a massive loss, and, and I think that's sort of a, a position that will be completely vacant if he's not available to fill it, which is which is probably one of the main things at the forefront of Danny's mind that um, that he's thinking when he's going about postponing Saturday. And uh, thank you, Tom. Uh, j just while you're here, Eric, we've got a couple of minutes remaining of the show tonight. Coming away from the, the Pompey men's talk, at least, and, and, and kind of highlighting the, the, the Pompey women now. Mm. An emphatic victory a week ago on Sunday. Disappointing result yesterday, but a couple of big games coming up. Yes, yes. We, we certainly had a, a mixed um, eight or nine days here. Um, a, a great a great win uh, and then a, a poor defeat to be honest with you on Sunday but the beauty of it is yes we have got some games coming up uh, Wednesday night this coming Wednesday night 8 o'clock kick off we're home to our neighbours Chichester and Selsey in the league 
um, as I say, so that would be a, a chance to immediately uh, strike back. And then this coming Sunday, the 10th, we've got a double header. Uh, we've got our development squad playing uh, Bridgewater in the uh, FAWNL Reserve Cup at 12.30. And then at 3.30, we've got the first team playing Bridgewater in our league game. So this is the first time we've had a double header situation. We've uh, tried to do it um, in the past, but it's never worked. Uh, never been able to do it, to organise it. But this time round, playing Bridgewater's um, two teams, we've managed to do it. So um, do come along. Um, as I say, that's a, a fantastic opportunity to see both our development squad, which is really exciting, and our first team play on the same day, 12.30 for the Devs and 3.30 for the first team. Eric, thank you very much. Pleasure. Uh, I'm just going to say, obviously, yeah. after that, we've on Sunday the 24th, with a very big home game yeah. against our friends from down the road. <laughs> And uh, that will be uh, an interesting game. And tickets are on sale for all these games now through the ticket office. Lovely stuff. Be sure to get down to the uh, Draper Tours Community Stadium on Sunday, 12.30, to see the women uh, in action, uh, the development squad and the first team, of course. OK, before we do go, Tom, just a final word from you, mate. A, a two-week break until the next league fixture for Pompey, a trophy game next Tuesday night. Are you for or against this break? I know, you know, enforced with the international call-ups. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for Jake. I think, you know, it's it's a vital time, and especially the fact that, that Danny's had to sort of conduct a, com a complete changeover in, in terms of the, the way we're playing our football and he's instilling new ideas in, in the team. So, yeah, I'm absolutely for the changeover. Uh, one thing we, we must squeeze in before the end of the show is Danny Cowley's comments after the game. He said he thought we were better in the shallow end of the pitch and that once Joe Morrell got his armbands on in the second half, we uh, we started playing really well. So I thought that was absolutely priceless from our manager and, and I'm delighted uh, that, that we've all got a win to, to take into the next two weeks and roll on Rotherham. <laughs> Roll on Rotherham indeed. Tom, thank you very much, mate. But I'm afraid that is just about all we've got time for tonight. I am back on Friday evening with another episode of the Football Hour where Hugh Bunce and Matt Drabble will be joining me on the show. There is uh, no match, unfortunately, tomorrow or this weekend, but the Blues are next in action a week on Tuesday. Sutton United come down to the South Coast for match day two in this season's EFL Trophy group stage. Everything we do is passionately pumping. Fourth with a bound away yet again. This is you wouldn't believe it. Pompey Live. Pompey put four past Sunderland on Saturday afternoon. On its edge of the box, still in the net. Goal! Second for Portsmouth. Towards the near post, deflected it in. Because his header saved, Marquis scores! Up next, EFL Trophy action at Fratton Park. Sutton United are the visitors. And we'll have all the unmissable action Tuesday from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That is next Tuesday, Blues fans. Tuesday, the 12th of October. But until then, Pompey are having a bit of time off with three players away in international duty. Uh, we are not, however. Like I said, I'll be back with Hugh and Matt on Friday with the next edition of the Football Hour. But for tonight, my thanks go out to Eric Colborn. Eric, a huge thank you for coming in this evening. Have a safe journey home. My pleasure, Jake. Great to be here. And likewise to Tom, who I'm sure we'll catch up with again soon, maybe even after another 4-0 win. Tom, thanks for your input tonight, mate. That's not a problem. Let's hope that the next 4-0 win sooner than the latest one. <laughs> <laughs> Do hope so indeed, mate. OK, coming your way here on the station this evening is Kevin Stokes returning with that 80s show between 9 and 11. Kevin is rewinding all the way back to the 1980s to play you nothing but the best songs of that decade, including some throwback tunes that you've probably forgotten about too. The Express Wind Down is here between 11 and 2 o'clock tomorrow morning. And in the morning, Nicola Lashley is, will be back with more great songs, travel sport, news and weather updates two from 6.30. Jeff and Aes are up next with Soft Rock Show. The pair have got the latest by Jeff Scott Soto, Cormac Neeson and Stereophonics, as well as local artist Tia Jane. Stick around here to Express FM for that one. They are here until 9 o'clock this evening. But from myself, Eric and Tom, thank you for tuning in and until the next time, have a fantastic week and stay safe as well. Good night.